Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia, and today I am joined by Repodcasting favorite, Dan Retson. Hey, Dan, how are hey. you? Hey. Hey, I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for joining me for today. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, it's uh, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to talk about the movie that you selected for this month. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and that is the movie Predators from 2010. Um, so I'd never seen this movie I had heard of it. I didn't even know it by the title, to be honest, but I had heard of it because I had heard it's like one of the bad Predator movies. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, why did you pick this? I picked it because, okay, so like the first Predator movie is kind of like, I don't know, it's nostalgic, it's loved, but it's it's kind of a bad movie. I, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but it's definitely a B movie. Okay. So like... There's not much extra to it, you know? And then this new one just came out called Prey. And it's a really good movie. It's entertaining and it's so much like, it's got like depth to it. And it's got really like interesting current issues like female empowerment and uh, and colonization. And, you know, like all kinds of like crazy interesting stuff that you wouldn't expect in a. And yet there is still B-ish moviness about it. And this one is like, you could say it's the same. It's a B movie. But for whatever reason, this one is objectively bad, as stated by all the uh, critics, whatever. Yeah. And then those other two, huge hits. The other two Predator movies. Well, the first one and the most recent one. I guess there's oh, more yes. than just two. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and it's just like, but they're so close. Like, I agree. The plot line, the story, the beats, like everything. So like, I really wanted to like, look at this because just one of my suspicions is like, maybe it's the casting that was off, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's just so many other things that are just maybe just like one tick off. And, yeah. and, and, and it, that tick is the difference between like a loved movie and like, you know, like a lampooned movie. Yeah, very much so. You could tell that they were like trying. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a B movie, I don't think. I wouldn't call Predators a B movie, but like you said, like there's there's just something that's a little off that they didn't quite get to where they were where they seemed they thought they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. By that. So, anyway, the box office for the movie, they definitely had a lot of faith in it because it has a budget of 40 million dollars. 40 yeah. Yeah. Which is like, you know, decent size. It, this is movies from 2010. So 10 years ago, 40 million. I mean, it's hard to look at those numbers now when you're hearing like, oh, yeah. Fast 10 is going to be a $370 million movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not, they're not competing with Marvel or any of those, yeah. but yeah, it's an expensive movie. Yeah, for sure. But I think it must've made that, that back easily, right? So worldwide, it made $127 million. Yeah. So it, so was it a, more than made it back. Yeah. Even with all the extra costs that they don't. Yeah, don't exactly. whatever. Like and it probably was cash positive. Yeah, I would think so. And they did make more Predator movies. So oh, did they ever? <laughs> there's there's a, there's one in between called uh, the Predator. Oh, okay. Which was like in between Prey, which is the new one, and mm-hmm. and Predators. 
it was another bomb. It, uh, it'd be interesting to see because it, and I don't even, it wasn't like, it's the same kind of deal. It's like, it's it just like so interesting to look at these movies that are basically like all the same formula <laughs> and some of them work and some of them don't. Yeah. I really want to see Prey. I haven't done it yet, but also it was filmed in my backyard basically. Oh, yeah. Like it was filmed in the Kananaskis Rockies. Oh, it's good. Like yeah. it is good. But like when you watch it, think about this movie and think, why is this one good? And that one's so crap. I mean, there, there's a couple of reasons, obviously, but sure. but actually, it's actually a little harder to put your finger on than you might think. I agree because that's the thing. Like watching it, I was like, "This is not great," but I can't quite put my finger on it. I did want to mention that um, at the 2009 San Diego Comic Con, the producer Robert Rodriguez, who's huge, like, and and has done cool, cool stuff like Desperado and absolutely, like he has clout. He he's well respected. Um, in Hollywood, he said that it was going to be an ensemble cast and the most important element of the film would be great characters so that the audience feels they are going on this journey with them, which I do get that impression watching the movie that they are trying to give you great yeah, characters. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It really feels like they tried to do that. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, something is missing. And so you wanted to recast the Adrian Brody character, Royce, mm-hmm. and the Topher Grace character, Edwin. And you mentioned like kind of why you wanted to recast Adrian Brody. And so yeah. you said that to me before I watched the movie and then I totally agreed. So I don't know if you want to mention it. Oh, okay. Well, I don't remember exactly what I'd said oh. to you, but, but I mean, like Adrian Brody was like, you know, like from the pianist and like, he's just this like really wiry, but really like, uh, actory actor kind of guy, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Oscar style, you know, actor For sure. and just having him as an action hero. I read about what they were thinking. They were thinking they want it to go anti Arnie because they didn't oh. want it to seem like, like just a repeat. Okay. But like. Honestly, Adrian Brody is not like there are there's a range of action heroes. Mm-hmm. And in that range, you could have somebody who's very much not like Arnie yeah. and very much like Arnie. Mm-hmm. And then there's Adrian Brody, who's not even in the action hero like range. He's, he's just not there. He, yeah. How, why, why? Why would you? <laughs> he's, I think he's a really good actor. Usually in most things I've seen him in, I think he's really good. I like his acting. He was actually good in this. I can't say he wasn't good, but yeah. but I still couldn't buy it. Yeah. I couldn't buy the performance. Yeah, I totally, <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> so uh, if you want to give a brief synopsis of the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these people just wake up falling from the sky, which is actually was a super cool opening. Mm-hmm. And... They've got some sort of uh, weird device strapped to their chest that's beeping and glowing and like probably assume, you know, like, I'm going to die. This is it. Definitely going to die. This is a bomb. You don't know. And then all of a sudden the device turns into a parachute, like at the very last moment. And they plummet through the trees and gets the parachute off and all this other stuff. And he finds that he's not alone. There's a few other people with the same getup. Uh, you meet a couple of these people, but... Not extremely much. You just, you just sort Very of surface level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is funny because, like you said, they're trying to create these characters, and it's like, but you really didn't. <laughs> like they didn't. They didn't introduce anybody. Yeah. It, it moves on from that, and you, they get this ragtag group of people assemble humans, and they start walking around, and like you know, it's a predator movie, so most of the audience understands going in that they're going to be hunted, right, or something like this, <laughs> and. um 
that's what seems to occur. Like they, they get hunted and then all this stuff happens. And there's one big detour in, in the middle of the movie where they meet Lawrence Fishburne, who's like been there for apparently years mm-hmm. and is like going crazy and has watched all these hunts happen. Apparently he was must have been taken there to to be hunted as well by these alien predator things. But yeah, that was that was actually where the I thought the movie got interesting. I was like, oh, he took this really neat detour, and now we've got Lawrence Fishburne, who definitely added something. Like his character was great, and then it boils down to this mano a mano final death match between Adrian Brody, the main character, and the Predator, which is you know basically that 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 had to be what was going to happen. We yeah. knew from the start that this is what <laughs> this is going to end up as, and it yeah. did. Of course, they all get kind of like plucked off one by one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which again. Had to happen. <laughs> we knew it. And and that was probably, maybe that's part of the problem with it, right? Like yeah, we knew, you already know that going in. We knew everything that was going to happen. Yeah. That's why Lawrence Fishburne was actually the most interesting part, because I didn't see it coming. I mean, yeah. you know, the first time I saw it. For sure. And he's really good in it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I also read was uh, Robert Rodriguez said that the name Predators, I believe it was him, said the name Predators was not only referring to, like, those alien predators on the island, but also to the group of people we're following because they are all, like, killers yeah. on Earth. Yeah. And so, like, they're they're all discovering that, right? Yeah. And the big, the big uh, reveal at the end, which I hope I'm not spoiler alert people, <laughs> but uh, Topher Grace turns out to be a serial killer. Yeah. And they don't do a very good job of actually giving us that reveal. They don't. No. Because they also, like... Early on, you're like, oh, they're all military. They're all murderers. And even Adrian Brody says, he this one belong. guy, what, what, what's he, like, why is he different? He's just a doctor. He tells him he's a doctor. Yeah. But he also, like, then they use him to, like, what's the word? Like, as a bait to get a predator out so they can kill, or maybe it wasn't a predator. Maybe it was one of those, like, boars. I don't remember. But anyway, so they use him and he's, like, running through the forest. And, you know, it is a predator because they only see him when they run. Yeah. And so then they kill whatever it was that's running after him. And I just thought, like, when I was watching the end and you see this change and he's like, oh, I'm actually a murderer, which also just that dialogue felt really weird. Do murderers say I'm a murderer? Yeah, (laughs) I really don't think so. (laughs) I don't either. But that aside, um, then I was going back and thinking about the way he behaved throughout. It didn't really add up to me. No, because, yeah, they wanted to have this big surprise. That's it, yeah. But they, they didn't honestly write the character. Mm-hmm. They they wrote it so they got this big surprise, for sure. But, like, you didn't write an authentic character, which is probably, like, with all the characters, this yeah. is probably the problem. They were going for, like, just, I have no idea what they're going for, but they, they definitely, they basically just opened up a book of cliche action hero things. Yeah. And they were like, ooh, this is a line that we could use. That's another cliche line we could use. And just yeah. like distributed the cliche action hero tropes yeah. to each person individually. And it's like, you know, if you'd done what you said you wanted to do, where we got to know each character and we actually cared about them and they were people, this movie would have gone from awful to great. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I have to say, this is just my own personal qualm with the movie, but you don't kill Danny Trejo off first. Oh, I know. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, like, honestly, there I was... I want him there. It was a... Di- it's like the anti, actually, Prey, because Prey had this diverse, like, not no, not really diverse, uh, indigenous cast. Yeah. And they were, like, you know, front and center, and they were the stars. And in this wow. one, they went with, like, 
this is like the exact like polar opposite in a way because they just mowed down all of the visible minorities as fast as possible. Yeah. It's like Danny Trejo, uh, there you oh, you've got that guy who's amazing. What's his Mahershala name? Mahershala Ali. Yeah, I can never say his that name. That was right. a bummer too. And I'm like, now he's dead. Yep. And it's like, oh <laughs> wow. And not only that, but like the fact that you've got these um, like the uh, the cast is a cast of actors. Oh yeah. With a capital A. Mm-hmm. Well maybe not Danny Trejo, but still it's fun that he's there. Yeah, and I think he's great. I always think he's he is great. Very good. And and you know, like, and they make, uh, sorry, how do I say his name? Mah- Mahershala. Mahershala. They make him a Sudanese kind of like stereotypical, like, you imagine he's a guy that's rounding up child soldiers yeah. and training them. And it's just like, wow, that's a cliche. I okay. Know. So the black guy's a cliche black African predator kind of dude. And it's just yeah. like, they literally just made all these super cliche characters. But they had the actors that could have done so much more. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it is kind of a diverse group if you want to look at it. Like, you have people from various continents and things like that. But really, you end up having three American men, white men, um, Walton Goggins, Adrian Burke, yeah. and Topher Grace. Yeah. And they are all ones who last pretty close till the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. And as the as they're using the... Um, the visible minorities as cannon fodder. Yeah. You know, and, and like the guy from Japan, what he gets, he gets oh, like, I think he had like two lines, two lines. Yeah. And, and it's like, like even in the movie, they're like, Oh, you can speak English. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So horrible. <laughs> and yeah. then he doesn't speak again. <laughs> and then that's his last line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know what? I think we are getting to the root of why this isn't a good movie. What went wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but um, they, they're so like the, the look of it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It is. And and just like the setup is exciting and interesting. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, you were so close. And you that, were so close. I know. That part where they're like, they still think they're on Earth. They don't know why they've fallen and like woken up falling. Right. Um, and then they get to this cliff and right. they I don't see... think we said in the synopsis, they're on an alien planet. Oh, so... right. probably not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody's, no, like they, they discover that eventually, like you're just about to Yeah, say and the moment when they discover it is beautiful. Like, it is beautiful. To look at. All this is a really and... there's a lot of like wide shots of them walking along. Like it's it's very well shot. Yeah. So there are elements of the movie that are still good, but a yeah. lot that's just missing. It's just so close. It's like yeah. they did all the hard parts. And then the one thing that costs nothing. Yeah. The good Not even the writing, because, like, again, like, the plot line isn't terrible. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily that the writing was bad in in the sense of, like, somebody thinking up what's going to happen now, what's going to happen now. But putting words in the people's mouths, they literally, like, just, it's a dialogue problem. How hard would that be to fix? It'd be easy. (laughs) Yeah. And I I do think that casting is a problem. And I think that I'm excited that we're recasting the two characters that you chose. So let's take our first break and we'll come back and we'll tell everybody who we picked. Okay. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. Offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you are helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. 
Learn more at parkpower.ca. And now back to the show. And we're back. And um, Dan, as this was your pick, why don't you start with the casting? Okay. All right. So I've got like two per each. Me too. I'll save my like final choice because like I, I definitely have an A and a B. Okay. And so I'll go with my B's first. And I don't know if they'll be your bees. You might actually like my like my bees better than my you know, like we'll see. We'll see, okay. I guess. Okay. So here's um I have for the lead of the soldier who's like, you know, tough as nails and whatever, I thought Mads Michelson would be good at that. Oh my gosh, he'd be so good at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. He's and- always good. Oh, I'm such a big fan of Mads Mikkelsen like I've seen him in a handful of things and like the more I see him in the more I'm like I need to watch more of his movies because he kills it Mm -hmm. every time you're just like oh my god and I looked it up he would already been in um Casino Royale at that point okay so I'm like okay so he was already known to American audiences sure so yeah I mean that had to be a consideration considering the caliber of actors they had they must have thought that this was going to be a better movie than it was yeah 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 so Uh, I thought, yeah, I think, you know, he's reasonable. He, he might have worked. Very cool. Um, okay. I love that choice. For me, so I have a very complicated relationship with Adrian Brody. He <laughs> was a huge celebrity crush of mine for a long time. But then I would like start to, I don't know, read interviews or things like, like I was such a fan of his acting. Yeah. And he then comes the off as I... smug. Is that what you're going to say? Cause... Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna say pretentious, but yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It just, you just kind of so... like every time he opens his mouth, you're like, I kind of hate you a little now. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> he makes it hard to like him. <laughs> right? Okay. But, yeah. Um, but I did agree that like he wasn't the action hero that we needed for that role. Yeah, which is funny because he actually like when he took his shirt off and did all those action hero things. Yeah, he it was believable. He did it. He, yeah, he did the work. For sure. But I still couldn't buy it. I don't know. (laughs) I agree. And, like, there's a lot of times throughout the movie where he's doing, like, quips. Like, perfect cliche action hero quips. Yeah. Like, like this is, like, straight from the dictionary of of what action heroes have to say. Like, they didn't even change it. Like, (laughs) it was, like... You know, normally they, like, add something, but my God, it was so cliche. That's true. But what I didn't like about what he did with them is he said them very straight, like a dramatic actor. Yeah, And there was no, like, not that it should be comedic, but it it didn't have the right, like, impishness or I don't know what the word is, but it was just too, like... Bland. He just read it straight instead of being quippy about it. Um, and anyway, so I wonder Which Arnold made a career out of. I know. You yeah. know, like <laughs> delivering those lines with like knowing that it was a cliche line, like yeah. almost looking at the camera and winking, but not like metaphorically doing yeah, that, you yeah. know, like. Yeah, but so my picks aren't necessarily that style either, but. They could pull it off, and they are action hero type mm, people. Yeah. So my, I'll give my B pick as well, and that's Jeremy Renner. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he's from the Hurt Locker. Um, he's Hawkeye in the Marvel universe now. Yeah. He's in American Hustle, Born Legacy. He's done a lot of. His career is varied. He's done a lot yeah. of different types of films. But mostly all having action. But mostly action. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and even, like, he's in this movie called The House with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. So, like, that's mm. a straight comedy. Yeah. But his character, which he might even be playing himself in that, uh, there's still, like, <laughs> action elements to it. So, he, like, no matter what he does, he's bringing action to it. So I think that he could carry this movie. I think so, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. He could, like, very much like I was thinking, like... 
you almost want to like just hear somebody else deliver the exact same lines because, mm-hmm. and that's what it feels like with Jeremy Renner. And it's like, it's, he's gravelly, like yeah. the character Adrian Droidy tried, tried to pull off, yeah, you know, like tough as nails, forced. feels forced. Right. And you want to be like, how could I find somebody that could just do the <laughs> same thing, but just real? Like, yeah. so I believe it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So do you want to give your A pick then? Okay. Yeah. For the, uh, for Royce. For Royce. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My A pick. I wonder if it's the same as your. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. <laughs> I'd be awesome if they were the same, but okay. My A pick is, I think it would be great because I was going with like this movie kind of also lacked a bit of charisma. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I, and so it, it just wanted to root for him more than I did. Like I, the, he played it so real that he pl- played it like a soldier that actually is kind of like a bit of a murderer who enjoys it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like that guy. Why am I watching uh, that guy? You're definitely not rooting for that guy. <laughs> no. And, and, and that turn at the end, it doesn't really even redeem him in my opinion. Like he literally sacrifices somebody in the first scene. Yeah. To be like, eh, I had to find out what they're... He sacrifices people throughout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a handful of times you could point to him, like, walking away, leaving people behind, or being the exact cause of their death. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then, like, and then he admits it. Yeah. Moments later, he's like, well, you know. <laughs> anyway, okay, so my... The person that I feel like you wouldn't hate, even though they had that, like, that character arc, was Hugh Jackman. Oh, okay. See, I haven't seen Hugh Jackman's, like, action stuff. I haven't seen his Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah, like his his, uh, Wolverine? Yeah. Basically, all you're asking him to do is, like, do your Wolverine thing, guy. (laughs) Because, like... He's rough. He's hard. He's, like, you know, and, like, he grumbles his lines. and But, like, it's Hugh freaking Jackman. So, even when he's grumbling, you're kind of, like... He's, like, almost making you want to, like, laugh with him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, he's... Full of charisma. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, like, let's get him. Because the thing is, they wanted this, like, kind of, like, anti-Arnold, like, so not beefed up, but, like, wiry and soldiery. And I'm like, yeah, Hugh Jackman could do that. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's not, like... He's fit, but not, like... Yeah. Like, Arnold beefy. <laughs> he's not beefy at all. He's not a weightlifter. He's a runner, you know, or a swimmer. Sure. Or, like... And so it's like... Yeah, that that wouldn't remind anybody of Arnold, mm-hmm. but like he could do all of like you could have him voice over an Arnold movie <laughs> and he could do all the one liners with as much like camera winking as Arnold. Yeah. You know, so yeah, like, that's fun. That's a really fun choice. Okay. I, I'm getting on board with it. It's, it's hard <laughs> to picture at first, but uh, yeah, I think I'm there. <laughs> um, well, for me, my second one, I picked him specifically based on one movie that I saw him in, uh, which is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, okay. So I picked Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have actually recast Tom Hardy on repodcasting when we did the movie Venom. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've seen him do lots of different things as well. Uh, he's Bane in The Dark Knight. Yeah. He was in Inception. Or, sorry, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I feel like he is a good angry action hero oh yeah which and that that movie you're like mad max that's literally like the best action movie made in the last i don't know ever maybe like that movie (laughs) 20 years at least oh my god like literally the whole thing is moving like Mm -hmm. they're literally on cars moving 
the whole time that plot is taking place. It's like, mm-hmm. how could you possibly even do that? And explosions yeah. and like, whatever. It's just like, this is a car chase. You have a movie that's a car chase and somehow you manage to like actually have a whole movie start to finish. And actually have characters yeah. and character development. And like, uh, it's it's unbelievable, but yeah. they did. Yeah. 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 So. so, so yeah. So I could very much picture him in that Adrian Brody role of Royce doing what he did in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like Tom Hardy's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, then, what about for Edwin, the Topher Grace character? Okay, I, I, this is the happiest recasting <laughs> in my life because the the hatred I have for Topher Grace is just Adrian Brody and Topher Grace are kind of like when you see them, they're like interviews. These guys are like the equal amounts of smug annoyingness. Like yeah. they're both kind of like you're like okay. Yeah. And it's funny because it also feels like the guys who weren't cool in high school, who got cool as adults, but are now acting like the cool kids in high school. Because they're like, oh, I've earned that <laughs> yeah, now. That's right. <laughs> like, I was in theater club, but now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, I totally agree. Topher Grace is another one who it's like, you make it way too hard to like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so getting rid of him in my mind was such a happy, happy yeah, exercise. Fair. Um, okay, so my, my B choice for uh, Topher Grace was mm-hmm. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay. Oh, I love that, yeah. Yeah, because he's done that before, that sort of like... In fact, he did it with Marvel, with that Spider-Man movie. He was pretended to be the good oh, guy. Oh, okay. And then in the end, there was a switch and he was the bad guy. Yeah. And it's believable. Mysterio, I guess, was the name of the character. Okay. But then he's he's also played like, you know, in that uh, movie where he's like, the videographer for accidents and stuff for accidents yes uh nightcrawler nightcrawler mm-hmm. he's so smarmy in that Ooh, yeah and i just thought man if that guy was like nightcrawler that dude yeah that would be unsettling the whole way through <laughs> and you'd just be yeah. like it would have you on the edge of your seat during this whole time when the predator isn't there yeah and they could have stretched out those scenes and they, it would have like added a lot more suspense because you'd be like, everybody would be like, what is wrong with that guy? And when is he going to start murdering people? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. But he's also somebody who's really charismatic. Yeah. And so I feel like he could also pull off that first half without tipping people off. Like you'd right. still get the surprise, but. You wouldn't be like, no way. Yeah. He, he'd earn it. He'd earn that twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great choice. I like him a lot. So my B choice. So I kind of went with like the bigger named well-known action stars for Royce. And so I allowed like a slightly lesser known people for um, Edwin. And my B choice is Rob Corddry. Um, he's from Children's Hospital, Hot Tub Time Machine, Warm Bodies, Ballers, um, In a World. He's done a lot of work both in television and movies. And he... Big comedy guy. Uh, big comedy guy. And yeah. I think... I think that's what they were going for with Topher oh, Grace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Because yeah. he was kind of the opposite of Adrian Brody in that he was saying straight lines, but with a joke cadence and none mm. of it was funny. That's right. And you're like, is this because Topher Grace is saying them or is this because like it's badly written? Maybe both. It could be a bit of both. both. <laughs> <laughs> but a like a more adept comedic actor in that role, I think, could have brought the comedy that they it felt like they were trying to bring there. Yeah. Or... And made it more serious because you could go either direction, I think. Yeah. And it would have been okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where he landed that <laughs> yes. wasn't okay. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, I'm a big fan of Rob Corddry, Um, and I think he's very funny. And he's also good at being a little smarmy. He yeah. does those characters really oh, well. Totally. He's like, he is kind of a smarmy guy. Like, yeah. when you see him and like, it's like, oh, is he going to start like hitting on that dude's daughter or, you know? Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that, yeah, I think he could have embodied that character so much better. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So <laughs> last one. Last okay. One. This is my favorite. Um, Ooh. Yeah. And it's exactly where you went with this with Rob Corddry. Okay. But I would just, I just want to see it. I, I really want to see this one. And it's not actually, I don't think, I think maybe Jake Gyllenhaal would have been better to be honest, but <laughs> I thought of this one and I'm like, Oh my God, I want to see this movie. Um, Jason Bateman. Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. He could definitely, definitely be that character. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I want to see that now with Hugh Jackman and Jason. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is fun and tense because you kind of would be rooting for both of them. You know, he'd be like, yeah. oh, Jason, until the end, obviously, when Jason Bateman's a psychopath. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, is, is he going to win, though? Because... I think he's kind of an evil genius. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going on here? Like, yeah. And see, he's another one who can do smarmy well. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like in, in Horrible Bosses or whatever. Oh, yeah. like he's that awful boss. It's For like, sure. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do that or you do like the, the Spelling Bee movie. Yeah. Where, what is that I, called? Um, shoot. I can't remember. It's a... But he's the... Bad Words. I bad Words. Called. And he, and he like just destroys all these 12 year olds at a spelling bee yes. and, and he's like enjoying it. And it's just <laughs> like, wow, he plays a really mean person. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's really funny. Um, okay. So my second choice or my A choice for Edwin is, I think there's going to be a lot of people listening, maybe even yourself who don't know who this is. Hopefully I can get people to <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> uh, so his name is Paul Shear. He is in the league. I don't know if you ever saw that show, the league. No. Okay. Well, for anybody listening who's seen it, he's Andre in the league, who is like this dumb, goofy, pretentious guy who thinks he's like so much cooler than he is. He's been in Black Monday. He had a bunch of episodes in Veep in like one of the later seasons. Huh. He was in Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that show. I know. That, I know of that show. I don't. I think I've only maybe seen the pilot. But oh, okay. Yeah. He works at the restaurant that the family owns. Oh, okay. Anyway, he's also the host of How Did This Get Made, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Mm. Um, and he's an incredible comedic actor. He's done a lot of like small roles in movies and he's done a bunch of TV stuff too. So there's like a, a, a small group. He's probably niche a group of people who like know and love him. But yeah, he's also very adept at comedy. Very good at like, because when I was picturing the earlier scenes where He's kind of, he's almost goofy, that character. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, or at least... Up until a certain point. <laughs> up until a certain point. And, like, and that's where you can't really separate what Topher Grace brought to it and what they were intending it to be. And yeah, and it's just, like, you hate Topher Grace so much that you're, like, you want the goofiness gone. But then you think, well, actually, if it was somebody else being goofy... That's it. That might be fine. Because he's too... <laughs> I keep using the word smarmy. I need a thesaurus. But he's too smarmy to be that goofy, like, dorky guy. He's not pulling it off well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I do think that Paul Shear could pull that part off really well. And then I, he's an actor. Like, I've seen him do lots of things. He could do the switch as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you just need somebody who can do that, do mm-hmm. that, that like, you know, entertain you at the first half of this film. And then, and, and then that last thing. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't do that either. Topher Grace was like, not scary when he became like this monster. And it's like, yeah. you know, like, I, I want to be scared. Like, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should be a scary scene, and it's really not because of Topher Grace, I would say. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, well, that other guy's going to kick his ass. You know, but <laughs> you just immediately are thinking, well, I see how this is going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there was one story that I read that I thought was really funny and I wanted to share, which is, um, according to the director, I'm not sure I'm going to say his name correctly. Nimrod. Nimrod Antal. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Robert Rodriguez, um, on the DVD commentary, I guess, they said that in the script, the character of Cuchillo, like before they cast anything, the character was described as a guy who looks like Danny Trejo. And Danny Trejo caught wind of this, so he called Robert Rodriguez and he said, <laughs> hey, I know a guy who looks like Danny Trejo, me. <laughs> <laughs> and he did ultimately get the role, so it worked. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. Well, it, it begs the question, why were they looking for a guy like Danny Trejo when they had Danny Trejo? <laughs> well, I think it's so funny how often you hear stories like that in Hollywood where people are like, yeah, in the script it said uh, a character like me. And when I auditioned, they made me audition for it and I didn't get the role. <laughs> like, it's so weird when stuff like that happens. Yeah. But I love that Danny Trejo did get the role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, and if they'd done something better with it too, like, and all of these people that they had, they were all kind of horrible, except for the girl, who was great, actually. She, yeah. she did a good job. Mm-hmm. But, like, it kind of begs the question, you know? Like, and I guess the Russian was okay, too. But at the same time, like, he's a Russian fighting in Chechnya. And you're just like, oh, dude's probably done horrible things, maybe. And <laughs> right. it's, it's like, why couldn't they have given us, like, a better, like, mix of people we actually maybe want to... Like, they could still be predators, but... What about, like, some sort of detective from, like, you know, sure, like, hard yeah. like, somebody who's on the side of, like, trying to do right in the world? Yeah. These people all just seem like cold-blooded killers. So, okay, that's a really good point. And that makes me wonder if the predators on this island are actually super moral and they're just plucking <laughs> horrible people for a way right. to hunt them down and kill them. Yeah, which which would be, like, true. If, but in the context of, like, the, the broader predator universe, you see that, like, they respect nothing but winning. Okay. And, and that's, like, what Prey really gets at. Oh. You, you know, and thinking about this movie, one other thing that I wanted to, like, recap about one thing I felt like this movie really showed that I've always suspected with action and horror, like, and this is kind of the perfect mix of both, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like action and horror movies should be a really good drama. Like it starts out, you're watching a drama that you probably want to see right to the end because uh, Prey is just like that. Like you're watching Mm -hmm. this amazing drama about like um, indigenous people trying to like, make a living and make it work. And this woman trying to find her place in this society that subjugates her. And you're just like, I'll I'll watch this movie the whole way through. And then all of a sudden alien killing machine descends (laughs) and you're like, Oh my God, this is so different now. But like the previous movie that we were watching started a great. And the same thing's true for the very first predator. You're watching this movie about Arnold Schwarzenegger going through the jungle, trying to like, I forget if he's trying to save some American citizens or just, you know, fight somebody or whatever like he's going through the jungle and he's just doing soldier stuff all of a sudden bloodthirsty alien shows up and then oh we're in a new movie okay <laughs> right 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 and but like you were ready to watch that other movie yeah 
And like this movie didn't have that. You didn't. Mm. It could have though, because everybody who got to that island had a story. Yeah. So if they but just, they didn't really go into it at all. Yeah. You're, it it was, was just like, in fact, most of it was Adrian Brody saying, "Oh, that guy's clearly yakuza. That guy's clearly yeah. whatever." Like yeah. he was just picking each one and saying what they must be yeah, because what, everything is a trope in this movie. Everything. It, what do they call that? Um, the uh, exposition. Exposition. Yeah. Like he had so much expositional dialogue. <laughs> And he had almost no dialogue. So (laughs) I don't know how they accomplished that, but you're totally right. Yeah. It was a very dialogue light movie. Yeah. Which, (laughs) which which I guess would be fine, but like it really didn't allow us to care about many people. Yeah. And it's interesting that it is such a dialogue light movie when the intent and the most important thing apparently of the movie was that we care about these characters. Like they had the right idea. Yeah. They 100, they had. A golden idea. If they had managed to achieve what they were trying to achieve, this movie would have been a huge success. Yeah. Instead of being something that's like nearly forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Totally nearly forgotten. With yeah. a cast that's like out of this world, by <laughs> the way. Know. Like look at the 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 cast that they, they'd assembled. Like yeah. it was a good cast. Like especially the people they killed off. exactly (laughs) absolutely that's that's the big problem is they killed off all the really good people (laughs) yeah and they didn't give them any background before they did it so they were like oh they killed them off i guess i don't care other than the fact that i like that actor (laughs) but that character on the other hand who knows who they were yeah they probably deserve to die what a waste (laughs) okay The ratings for this movie, on IMDb, this has a 51% from 30 critics, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 65% from 203 reviewers. So Rotten Tomatoes is a little more forgiving than I would be. (laughs) Well, that's just it, though, isn't it? I guarantee those. there's nobody giving it a 60% review. I know, right? There's probably people giving it 80, like, oh, I love it! And then, like, people who, like, just will not accept the, and they're like, because you can see what you want in this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can you can look at it and be like, no, it was so good. Because you can really enjoy these visuals and these action mm-hmm. scenes and like all that stuff. Yeah. I guess if you don't care about the character development, it depends on what you want going in too. Yeah. So like, yeah, if, if you go in not caring about character development, then okay. But even then I have to say like a lot of the action sequences, some are good. Some I found just boring. Yeah. Well, again, if you don't care, <laughs> you know, some people just watch action movies to see explosions and right and and drop kicks and stuff <laughs> yeah. but like honestly i do like that stuff but i couldn't care less about it unless i actually care about the person who's involved in the explosion That's if, exactly if they're it. gonna make it yeah absolutely let's take our second break and then we'll come back and do our final segment this episode of repodcasting is brought to you by the edmonton community foundation The Edmonton Community Foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on arts, philanthropy, green spaces, and sport and recreation. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. And now back to the show. And we're back and it's time for our final segment. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. And I don't know about you, but I had kind of a hard time. With oh this my one. God. 
Like, I feel like I sabotaged your Tony Dance. No, because no. <laughs> I'm like, there's nobody in this movie that's like a minor role. Yeah. There, but there is, because they die, but you don't want him playing Danny Trejo's character. Exactly. It's not a Mexican cartel enforcer. Yeah, so. exactly. I found it really difficult. So where did you land? To be honest... I just have some ideas. I don't have a definitive, like, where Tony Danza can okay, fit. Okay, okay. Like, I have some... There's some that are just hilarious and obviously don't work, but, like, they'd still be hilarious. I thought, like, if he was a predator, that'd be kind of hilarious. Uh, yes. <laughs> I considered that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't really have a lot of lines. Uh, you can't tell who it is. But sure, I think that's actually a good spot to put Tony Dance in some ways. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't quite fit into any of the other roles. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think? Yeah. So because of the same thing, like I considered the Lawrence Fishburne role because he's kind of like, he's been there longer. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Like I felt like Tony could fit into that role. But in this movie that has a diverse cast, but is still failing very hard in diversity, I didn't want to take I away know. one of the people. Isn't that of color. weird how they did that? <laughs> I know. But yeah, it's, it's shocking. True. But yes, so I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, so obviously, we're making the yakuza, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or yeah, um, I gave him the character of Royce. Oh, I love it! I love it. Let's give Why him not? a lead. He can do it. He can be a cold-blooded killer. I have faith in Tony. I kind of love how that leans into this B-movie. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. Because, like, that would... He could would... do the quips. He would. He'd do a great job of the quips. Mm-hmm. He might... And it would be, like, a cult classic. I bet it would. People would go insane. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Of course it would. That would have been, like, a huge, like... It would have made as much money. But... <laughs> But people yeah. would not have forgotten about it. <laughs> it would have been a great, like, midnight movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, the dead soldier they find. Oh, yes. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Just lying there with, like, his guts spilling out of him. And yeah. he's like, oh, it's Tony Danza. He almost <laughs> killed one of these guys. cameo ever. That would be so funny. <laughs> Yeah, that, I actually like that, too. That's a good one. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think that about does it for Predators, unless you had any other tidbits. No, may Predators rest in peace. Okay. <laughs> yes, I certainly won't be watching it again. <laughs> um, well, for next month, we will be recasting a movie with filmmaker Jillian McKercher, who has been on the podcast before doing an interview. And the movie she picked is currently a surprise. So oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, so uh, tune back in next month and you'll get to see what that is in the meantime if you want to find us on social media we are at repodcasting on facebook and instagram probably not twitter at this point right does twitter exist anymore yeah we're recording this quite early so at this point twitter is imploding (laughs) so we'll see what happens yeah and Um, thank you elon musk yeah. We can all appreciate your work. Honestly, I'm fine Twitter. with Twitter implode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, a more safe way to contact us that I think is not going away is our email address, which is repodcasting at gmail.com. You can email us there with your movie suggestions for recasting, your thoughts on our casting choices for this movie, and uh, anything else you want to say about the podcast. So, Dan, thank you so much for joining me. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pick a terrible movie to bring on your show. Exactly. I love watching terrible movies, and I probably never would have picked this one on my own, so I'm glad I got to see it. Okay, great. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Lucia here with a couple of quick notes. First is next month's movie. Jillian McCurcher selected the movie Dune Part 1. So that's what we'll be recasting next month. And the other note, which is a biggie, hopefully people are still listening. This is Repodcasting's last episode with the Alberta Podcast Network. It's been such an amazing journey with them. I'm so thankful to Karen Unland and the group at Alberta Podcast Network for taking a chance on a dumb little podcast like this one <laughs> and uh, being so supportive over the past several years. It was so exciting to get to be part of a network and then discovering that it was full of amazing shows and amazing people was really just the icing on the cake. So hopefully, you know, most of the podcasts that were part of the network are still continuing, even though the network is not. And so I hope you give them some love. Go listen to Kyle and Dave versus the Machine. The Mess Hall podcast has finished its run, but you can go back and listen to all of its episodes. Lena and Avery are fantastic. So definitely go and listen to their back catalog. And I think they have some new stuff coming out too. So keep an eye out for that. You have... Modern Manhood, Let's Find Out. There's an incredible array of excellent shows that are coming out of Alberta. So, you know, listen local. <laughs> and uh, even if you're not from Alberta, definitely give them a chance. And please keep listening here. Repodcasting isn't going anywhere. Uh, we just won't be having the ads from the Alberta Podcast Network. So thank you again to Karen and Fonda, Brianne, and the whole team at Alberta Podcast Network. You've been amazing. And I hope I get the chance to work with you in some other capacity in the near future. So come back next month when I'll be joined by filmmaker Jillian McCurcher to recast the movie Dune Part 1. See you next month.